Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Who are we? That was rather abrupt. Hello, and welcome to Sugar, Silk, and Stretch a unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name's Ben Doughty. I'm Gary Stretch. And I can see the silk trying to get in, but he's going to have to wait because we are delighted collectively to be joined by former British flyweight and world WBO champion, Welsh legend, highly unsung hero, Robbie Regan. How's it going, mate? Yeah, very good, Ben. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be on the show, especially um, with Gary and Silk. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Well done. How you doing, guys? You're going to have to sort that volume out, Silk. Oh, you can't hear me? No, we can hear you. You sound like the Smash Robots. Remember them? Yeah. Oh, no, not again. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me just take this down. I'm sorry. sorry about this, Robbie. That's okay. They say never work. They say never work with children, animals, or ex-prize fighters. <laughs> you see, Ben? That's fucked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You need to go, go out and come back in, mate. Sugar Silk and Stark made it. Sugar Silk and I hear you now. Can you hear me? That's it. You're good. You're, you're perfect. Hello, Michael. Oh, I've been called that before. How you doing, Robbie? I am Mike. This is great What's speaking up, to you, my friend. Everything's good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. You look so, great. I say, I say hello to my esteemed uh, partners over here. Gary good. Stretch and Sugar. I'd like well, to just tell you this uh, on this wonderful day that I love you, Silk, and uh, <laughs> you. Do you know, Silk, we did an episode with you and me physically together, seated on the same couch in Atlantic City, and now we're doing the, the, um, the London version. One thing you've noticed is that I didn't need to shove Gary into position to get him aligned the way I wanted him, you know, sit, seated in all my control freak narcissism. You may have noticed that. Well, you know, you may be... Um... I guess you're the uh, lowest common denominator between us, I guess. Is that what it means? Uh, yes, I, I suppose so. He said I'm slightly easy to work with. Yeah, it's the film <laughs> background, the movie background. Gentlemen, before we focus, rightly so, on Robbie, our special guest this evening, I would like to take, a, for the next 10 minutes, I'd like to take a little look ahead to the big light heavyweight clash in, uh, in Quebec 
on Saturday night that pits the undefeated Arta Betabiev versus Scouser Callum Smith. Um, in honour of, of the special guest's first kind of privilege, I'd like to ask Robbie first for your thoughts on the fight and how you see it unfolding, champ. Yeah, um, it was a tough, tough ask, you know, for Callum. Um, you know, we all know what we about his, his punching power. is phenomenal. Um, you know, Callum's a big hitter himself, so you've got, you've got to give him outside punches chance, if, if nothing else. Yeah. You know, um, do you see him outboxing Smith though, with the with the with the length of Smith and the height reach? Well, you know, um, I think he got to use all his advantages. I mean, Smith got try to use all his, you know, like I say, he got got the reach on him. Um, but it's going to be very hard to uh, stay away from Bedbeef. You know, he to cut the ring down. He, he, you know, he's he's a great great fighter. He he does appear to be. Uh like very stationary, I, like he applies a slow kind of pressure. So, and he likes to, I, I mean, he controls whatever part of the ring he's in, whether it's center ring or against the ropes, uh, but he's also capable of backing up when people take the fight to him as well and, and become somewhat of a counter puncher. I, I just wonder about sometimes he, he appears a little bit stiff. And when you're stiff, you know what it's like, it's hard to take it when you're stiff. When you're stiff, it's hard to take the punch. You kind of have to have that elasticity and the ability to ride the punch, kind of thing. Yeah, and, 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 um, and Callum is a puncher, right? He's fast. He has quick release. It's funny. I, me and Ben, we went to the betting shop today for fun. I put yeah. a fifty on Callum Smith. I wow. wanted to put it as a knockout, but the odds were not good. But believe it or not, the odds for him to knock about out is much lower than it is to to beat him. So. I do see the fight not going the, the full distance. I actually, strangely enough, I've got a feeling. Well, I, 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 I maybe it's a romanticism. I want Callum to to knock him out, and I think he's got the capability, and he can get caught. And I think also time and age could catch up with him, but it would have to be the right night. But me and Ben spent the day together, and we were surfing some stuff. We found like 10 interviews with 10 real legitimate, real guys who sparred with Hopkins, with, with Triple G, with everybody. They all say Berta Bioff is a freak of nature with power. Like they've yeah, never yeah. been. A guy said when he hit me, it was like being on an airplane and the G-force that pulled. He said it was, yeah. I, I woke up on the floor. Yeah. So yeah. he must have crazy power. So yeah. hopefully something's a little on the slide and, and uh, our boy can do it, but it's like you say, it's a big ask. It is a big yeah, ask. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I, Sorry, go ahead, Robbie. I think uh, Callum's best chance is going to be in the first maybe four, five, six rounds. I think the longer the fight goes, I think it's all going to be better. Be then, to be honest with you. Could yeah. you see? Could you see him coming out and just going like balls to the wall kind of thing, and 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 just. Doing everything he can to get him out within the yeah, first you know, round. maybe hopefully catch him cold or or whatever. But um, yeah. the, like I say, the longer the fight goes, I, you know, the more we're gonna fancy better be, even though he's a big favorite, and I I fancy him to win from the start. Yeah, some people are making a deal out of better be age. He'll be thirty nine in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I believe it's the 21st of January, which in pugilistic terms is, is supposed to be old, but we're told he's very clean living, trains yeah. freakishly hard, you know, doesn't yeah. have any vices, is, is a devout Muslim, all the rest of it. So do you think that the age is, could be a factor, Robbie, or do you dismiss it? 
well, to be honest with you, I didn't realise he was that old. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, age is just a number. You know, like you say, he's clean living. He lived, you know, he lives for the sport. So I, I don't think age will, will be that big a factor, to be honest with you. Silk thinks it's overrated. I know that for a fact. Silk doesn't go with your cliches about size is always an advantage, reach is always an advantage, age, you know, if you're aging of a certain place on the calendar, it means you're nearly shot. You don't go with that, do you, Michael? No, I, I really don't believe that. Uh, everyone's unique, and that's every fighter has their own way of doing it. And some fighters are better towards the end of their career than they were when they're younger. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They have all that youth and that energy and that vigor, but they don't have um, the the ability to execute. They don't have that sense of timing. They don't have the comfort of seeing enough punches coming at them that they they know how to defend. So, so um, what a fighter's prime is is always up in the air. Yeah, it's always that's why I think it's very individualistic. Um, that, but but this fight really um, interests me because uh, Callum Smith he fought. Yeah, uh, Canelo before, right? And and yeah. with Canelo, he did. Give me, give me something on his performance. What did you think? I, of his performance I'll, t- I'll tell you one one thing that I can defend him on, and I think uh, I think a big part of it, which may not have been discussed uh, out of Callum's um, um, modesty, I think he was dead at the weight, and I think he was very, he very much had problems with weight, hence he moved up. And I think he looks far more better, more comfortable at this okay. weight. So I, 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 people say his biggest test, he failed, possibly. The, the one thing you have to say is no matter how much he failed, a lot of great fighters have fought Canelo and have not lasted 12 rounds. He got to 12 rounds, he, he did the distance. Uh, he never really looked too much like he got hurt. Uh, but I think weight was an issue and I think that with the new weight now, I think we're going to see a new and improved Callum Smith. So I think it'll be a better version. And I think also, like you say, I think he's learned a lot from that fight. He's working with Buddy McGirt now. I Mm -hmm. saw an interview where he said he he just spent almost 18 months just working and learning and fixing the problems he had. And he he said, if I could change it, I I wouldn't have had a fight. I'm very comfortable with the time that I've spent, quality time in the gym, learning, getting my trade to where it should be. And so, yeah. and he thinks hopefully it's all going to come right on the night. And of course, in yeah. a few hours, we'll find yeah. out. But I, I have a feeling, Canelo, that weight was somewhat of an issue for him. I, I think you're right about uh, Buddy McGirt being a real, that that could be the change. That could be the exact change that he, that he that's needed um, in Callum Smith to see him realize a win. Well, what's with yeah. your audio, Michael? You're echoing back. You're echoing back. Oh, no, was I? I was okay before, right? No, not really. It's been bugging me the whole time. It's not. I mean, it, when, it was. It was untenable when you first got here. Now it's just vaguely irksome. Now it's now echo. it's nineable. It was tenable, but you now turn it's nine-able. it down to fix it. I'm here in my before. Whatever you did, do it a little bit more, and maybe it will be. Maybe it's a. How's it? How's it now? That's lovely. That's lovely. Talk okay. some more. All right. So uh, it was the volume. It was up too high. Just turn yeah. it down a, a tad more. A tad and, more? Okay. Because you know what the problem is, Michael? The other podcasts, almost universally, are dull as fucking dishwater, and they've got nothing to bat with us against or compete with us. The, our only, the only thing they can get us on is the fact we're terrible, you know, technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing they keep us down. They keep we us all terrible. down. 
Okay, so between the three of us, real quick, before we got to get to Robbie, um, yes, what what are we calling? Are we I'm gonna calling do that at the end? Fifth knockout, but 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 Smith for the win. No, but, you bet on points. You put. I, I, I did, only did the points. <laughs> he changed his mind, Ben. Have we? No, no, no. He's put a bet on at the bookies, but he's not going with that. He's no, no, no. Uh, that's, I, fair. that's fair. No, for, no the, the odds were terrible on, on, on knockouts, but on the odds to win on points was much better. So I said, fuck it, I'll do points. Yeah. So to try and get a win, because it, it wasn't even worth putting money on. It was only five to one and seven to one. He's penny pinching as you like. It was five to one and seven to one. He's exaggerating. <laughs> well, well I, I, just, just for the win, yeah. So I put him to win on points. I got seven to one. So, so that's. But he's going with stoppage. I'm, I'm going with Smith to win for us. Smith to win. Happens. Okay. Yeah. I, I would love to see Smith to win. You know, um, it'd be an ill job set, but I, I can't see him beating Bet. We've, I can't see it at all. We've got Bet over over there. Michael, and, I am better be on points. I'm saying it'll be the first time he has to go the distance. I've got better be over the long route. What about you, sir? Yeah, um, I, I, you know, it's so hard for me because I don't know, um, I don't know the kid like that. So I've got to go with what I know, and that's bet, better be You know what I mean? It's hard so to bet have, him. Like, like you said, like you're talking about him aging all of a sudden in one fight. That would kind of have to happen. No, what I no, see, I I'm not saying overnight, but I have seen a minimum decline in this last fight. I didn't think he looked the what he looked like before. So if that's a progression, a little yeah. bit more of a progression, I think Callum Smith has got the tools to beat him. Well, you're right about that because his last fight, I wasn't as impressed either, and he showed that there were some chinks in the armor there. You're absolutely right. And I, I think we haven't seen the best of Callum Smith yet, so I think it could all come right on the night, and uh, he could shock the world. And that's what so, I'm going to be romantic about. And hold on. So yeah, Robbie right. doesn't have to come back on Sunday night, but the rest of us do. So let's be clear, so we don't have any arguments. Some people trying to call this <laughs> Stewart's inquiry. Gary yeah. says Smith by KO. Me and the Silk are both on Better Behev, as is our special guest this week, Robbie Regan. I say Smith. I, I think uh, Callum, Callum got the yeah, yeah. to go to this If he wins, I still get the... We yeah. have established that we only have to pick the right winner. We're not Ladbrokes. We're not William Hill. I say Callum Smith, left hook. Okay. Um, <laughs> so listen, fellas, on the subject of our illustrious guest in the top uh, right-hand corner there, I've interviewed Robbie twice before, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be... a bit generous and sit back here and let you guys ask some of the questions that you want to ask and not hog the whole thing because I know quite a bit about uh, Robbie's uh, highly decorated career. So whoever wants to kick off first, you take it. I would ask a question because, and this is, uh, I've had some confusion, because not confusion, I've followed your career um, and I'm a great big fan. I think you're a brilliant fighter. I thought you were amazing to watch. Excited, I thought you I thought you was like a, you had a mixture of 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 McGuigan, Ricky Hatton, but you were smarter. There was something slicker, much more them. sophisticated than McGuigan. You and, were and you, a bit flashier, and more like That's... you had that kind of pressure, but a little bit like Bertha Beer. He puts pressure, but he's smart. Yeah, you, know, you had this intellect that that I think he's underrated. Um, but there was one thing. I this is just an education for me. Your first amateur fight was it? For Wales, no, the, actually, the first time I boxed for Wales was in the Commonwealth Games. Um, I wasn't picked, 
And then because a couple of African countries pulled out, they had to get some some extra boxers. And I, I was I was I went away for the weekend on put call. And you know, I'd been drinking for a few days and then I was picked for the Cornell's games and, and he rushed me up to Edinburgh then. Ah, because I, I had I had some crazy idea because I was trying to work out your amateur career and I thought that you had your debut fight in an international fight for Wales, but that's incorrect, right? No, it's just the first time a box of wings was in a Commonwealth Games. That's, I think that's where the mix up is with Ega. And how old was you? Um, 17. You 17, maybe 18. First amateur, 17, 18. Oh, no, I was, uh, uh, my first amateur fight was about, I was about 15. 15. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Michael, one thing you don't know, but we're going to tell you this, and I'm going to send you the footage after the show. He did an exhibition with Joe Calzaghe when they were both still juniors. When Joe was a highly decorated, already seven times or six times Welsh schoolboy champion, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and Robbie and Joe did an exhibition in this really pokey little Welsh working men's club. You know, the really old school kind of smoker type shows. Yeah, and um, they boxed around, and the referee called it off because Robbie Robbie was doing very well, much half the size of Joe, obviously, and he was putting a bit of pressure on, taking it a bit seriously, maybe, and. Um, the, the referee pulled it after a round and said no because Joe's boxing for Wales next week, you know, wow. so UK or whatever GB, and um, so they called it off after a round. But it's it's fascinating footage that the young Robbie Regan versus the young Joe Calzaghe. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, please I definitely send it to me. Absolutely shocked. He said, "I thought it was much later." I said, "No, the babies, both of them." It, it's amazing footage, and, and right. Robbie's kind of Joe's, you know, playing it, flicking around, and and Robbie's actually starts to ramp the heat up a bit and I think the ref thought this is and they had no headgear, amateur book, no headgear. And the ref thought this is not going where I want it to go. And he said, look guys, he pulled it out, all the crowds in, in disarray. And he says, look, this is an exhibition. They're not fighting each other. They're different weights and uh, I'm calling it. That's the way <laughs> yeah. and they pulled them both out. Yeah, it was great. Joe hurt me to the body, he did he hurt me to the body. I didn't show it. But I thought, you know, he, he got a little bit back now as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so you'd you'd felt some heat from him, so you decided yeah, to yeah. come up a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. was um I was established in the senior squad and Joe just come into the senior squad and so I, I think he felt he had something to prove. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, fighter's pride is so, like, uh, uh, only, an, only a trained eye or pretty much o- even only the fighters really understand that dynamic, right? Like, when you get in there with a fighter, you understand on a level that nobody could see watching, but you understand someone that intends to do you, uh, like, evil, like, that, that want to hurt you, and someone that's just there to, to box. You can tell the difference as soon as you get in the ring, or maybe even before then, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I even knew then Joe was going to be become the the incredible fighter that he was. Yeah, do you uh, ever feel because of no no uh, guy around your weight, flyweight and bantamweight, has ever become a biggest as big a star as Joe Calzaghe was? 
I do bear in mind that Joe took a while to become a kind of mainstream name because it, yeah. for many years he was he was he was kind of in the in the cold a little bit. Although he was a world champion, it took a while before he blew up into a mainstream figure. But yeah. but the fact did it ever frustrate you the fact that nobody of your kind of weight poundage ever becomes as big and successful and recognised and remunerated as that? Well, you know, you you got you got to have you know, the big fights as well to make you a big star. You know, um. Like what happened to me when I had to retire, um, when I failed the brain scan, my number one contender actually at the time was Manny Pacquiao, and uh, yes. he, he went straight up into a super bantam, won the super bantam title. So yes. Manny, Manny avoided me, didn't he? Yeah. Would Would you have loved to have had that fight for your legacy? Oh, Bobby? I would have loved it. I would love to have fought him. You know, especially with the payday. Yeah. Um, I I have a question for you. Um. Ryan, sorry. Describe yourself as a fighter. Were you? Uh, who influenced you? Like, what um, was your? Um, my heroes, um, obviously, you know the, the four kings. Um, Marvin was absolutely fantastic champion. Mm -hmm. um, Welsh legends like Old Winston, Jimmy Wales. Uh, uh, well, Ali, Ali for me was the greatest of all time, and obviously Sugar yeah. Robinson, yeah, second, yeah. second, and then. And let me yep. ask you because you you never but you never styled yourself after them but you admired them meaning what does that mean like you took their energy or like what did you learn off them or did you not learn off them you were just you're happy having them as inspiration well you know like with with, with watching Ali you know is 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 that undone yet so I know I learned that from Ali try try not to get it as as much as you can and land your own punches yes. Huh. Uh, I, I've I've always. Do you ever look at fights and do you take did you take anything off anybody? Like I used to love the way Hagler used to throw that le throw his left and then come with that power right. So I ended yeah. up doing it in reverse. I throw the right and come with the power left. Were there any yeah. things like that that you would yeah. do off any fighters? You would grab any? Uh, a lot of um, a lot of my body punching you know, and fight I studied in that time and one of my other big heroes was Chavez. I thought he was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I I took the right hand from Hagler because I was a southpaw. I yeah. was a um, I'm right-handed. I think Hagler's right-handed. It fights lefty. Yeah, um, right. but I took the thing where he throws the jab and then turns the shoulder and turns it almost and throws it yeah. again. It's almost, yeah, like jab, power jab, jab, and then it's almost like a right hand. Yeah, yeah. Switch the, the shoulders and then so you is that, yeah, is you that the one you with George Collins with Gar? Was that I the know punch I with George a, Collins a with? Right hook, yeah. He, yeah. That was lovely, though, because you did it with your shoulder. Yeah, I saw his flick. I watched him, funny enough, uh, I, I just saw a couple of his fights, and he used to catch a lot like this. So it was like, it was like ABC. I threw, I was very, very fast, and my, me and my trainer said, he said, don't throw full speed, because he'll never catch. So throw half speed, let him catch a couple of jabs. Yeah. So I threw half speed, he caught it. I threw half speed, he caught it. And then I just showed him and he went like this. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. There is a tiny that's beautiful beautiful when that, That's we beautiful did, we when that to... stuff works. Um, yeah. Uh, there, there's a tiny bit of footage of that KO, you know, because this is the only reason Gary's on the show today, in actual fact. And, and we, he obviously liked it so much, he joined the company, as it were, like the fellow with the Remington microscreen. Because he was, um, I was looking for a clip of uh, Gary versus... George Collins and said, has anybody got it? You know, and then Gary, somebody tagged him and he ended up saying there is a little clip 
on the preview of my fight with Eubank. They 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 showed it in the in the in the build up to the, to that particular fight. So I think I that's how I've seen it actually. I think that's how I've seen it. Yeah, and um, yeah. I put it on Facebook. Next thing is, I said to Gary, well, you know what? Me, myself and Michael Elijah, they've got this podcast and we'd love to have you on the show. Gary said, yeah, okay, give me a call tomorrow. We did it. And then the next thing, you know, he's like, well, can I, can I stay forever? And we're like, that's not <laughs> so. <laughs> the, rest, the rest is history, as they say. Absolutely. I got adopted, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Robbie, it's because of one of the, fl- the positive things about being a smaller guy is you tend to move up in class quicker, right? You often than some of the median weight divisions and, and you know um even in your second fight it was a six rounder i believe at your call with your you know ended up being your trilogy rival francis and yeah. but the, there wasn't a lot of messing around and, and, and taking on journeyman you were straight into proper competition wasn't yeah you? you know um i was like i think it was my eighth fight i won the british title you know all right there were yeah. not many that many flyweights in britain but uh the, they, they were some very good fighters about, you know. So he was, I was always fighting sort of um, unbeaten fighters to start mm-hmm. with, like um, uh, like Ampufo and and so on. Who was unbeaten at the time I fought him. Let me ask you, you, you talked about the Commonwealth Games and you said I'd been drinking. Did you, was you a drinker as a pro when you were off? When you were not training, did you have yeah, you after one of the lads, you know, or, did, or did you live a very clean yeah. life, or did you did you get ready for a fight and then relax, get ready for a fight, relax? Yeah, what, what have, was, uh, kind of steady? was you always after, a drinker? After a tight fight, you know, I'd have three weeks off, you know, and I just drink and eat what I wanted, you know, and you get back to training them. But once I was in training, I was it. It was no no drinking. It was like two and a half months, three months of training before I, before my next fight. Was drinking was, drink, uh, was that a temptation for you? When when I first started, you know, when you first go back to training, yeah, you do crave a pint. But uh, once once you get uh, get over that, you know, it's it's, it's easy enough. And but you you wish you never done it because you got so unfit after being so fit, and it's yeah, it yeah. is hard. It's an hard way to get back fit. I wouldn't uh, I, if I had my time again. I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, drunk as much after fights as I did. Because uh, Ricky Hatton really tore the arse out of it famously. You know, Hatton would say, as soon as the fight was over, he'd be right on it, the Guinness and the Don Perignon. He oh, would I go to Tenerife it. or Spain with his mates. And yeah. he said he needed that release. Were, were you of that kind of mindset as well, Robbie? Did yeah, I would say so. Voice? I would say so. You know, I couldn't wait for the pub to open the next day after a fight because I was there at 12 o'clock. <laughs> what, did you okay. love, what did you love about it? Was it just... Was it just the letting go, or was it the adulation, or it's celebrating? If you win, it's uh, it's a release. It's, it's, it's you've got three weeks now. You haven't got to worry about boxing or the pressure's all lifted off you. When you can just enjoy yourself. I see. I tell you what's what's an interesting reality because I've found it more and more. I know Ben has been a drinker in his life. I've been a drinker in my life. Uh, <coughs> The thing is, is this, I started boxing very young, so um, most of my youth, where all my mates had started to explore, girls, pubs, this, I was in the gym, had to be in bed, uh, training, so I missed out a lot, Um, and so I would get, after fights, I'd have, like you say, two, three weeks, or I'd binge, I'd try and get everything I could in three weeks, because I know in three weeks I'm back in the gym, and so I got into a pattern of 
were binging for me was normal because it's the only way I could do it. And my mate said, I'm not going out. I said, come out tomorrow. No, I've got to go to work. But I, I, I've got time yeah. off. I'll be back in the gym. I'm, I was exactly the same guy. You know, even when I was in training, I'd go down the pub on a Saturday after my run and drink coke all day and play pool. And then my buddies and my cousins would be going to the nightclubs and I'd be going home. You know, I just drink coke all day and then go home. I wanted to go to the nightclub, but I knew what was what I had to do if I wanted to reach the top. Yeah. Was it with you, Michael? You were never, you're the odd one out in this particular ensemble. Yeah, my, my thing was I used to have chip butties a lot. Did you? Really? What, as soon as you, when you were out of training, did you really? Yeah, chip butties, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got that for Liverpool. I'd have the bread, the butter, and chips on it. Yeah, that's it. That was your advice. Look, um, I was going to ask about the fairer sex, but I, I'm not going to do that because you, you're heavily about married. The what, man. I remember. Huh? About the what? I was going to ask you about the fairer sex in terms of between training oh, camps. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, that was, but I'm not that going to ask you that thing. because I know you're a heavily married man. And sometimes it's awkward when we when you do a podcast in the family home and you, you talk about a different and, life. Yeah, and, if I want, and if I want to stay that way, I better not answer. Yeah, it's like that time you asked John Conte, and, and then somebody said, he shouldn't have asked John Conte that. I was getting a private message. <laughs> I want no, to I ask you. general I'll... life that you miss out on as, as, a, as a young fighter, you give up a lot, and, uh, and then, you, you know, you, you, we're humans. We try and cram it into a short period of time, and it can become an unhealthy way to, to, to live. Um, and I think it does, you know, I, it's like I'm all in. I'm, I'm, I'm either yes. all out or I'm all in, and yeah. it's not a, not a rational lifestyle when you're a fighter. You you don't we don't have the live the, the luxury to drink occasionally. We do we we got a certain period of time you can have fun, and ninety percent of the time you cannot. So I, I got into an unhealthy pattern, and it stayed with me for years. I still get into training for films, and then I finish a movie and I go off, and now try to just. Stop it all because it, it doesn't work anymore, certainly not as you get older. You know who was like that? And I never imagined he would be because it was so against his whole image and ambience. I was told Marvin Hagler was actually a party guy who would drink and indulge in certain recreational drugs when he wasn't training. I should be Ray Leonard. Uh, but I don't have any trouble believing it of Leonard. I knew it about Ray. I knew Ray's that kind of character and he was very open about it. I was surprised to hear that Marvin was someone yeah, who was up. Yeah, was yeah, that would have shocked me, to be honest, Ben. But uh, like, you know, uh, Sugary was open with it, isn't he? He's, you know, it's in his books and whatever else. Yeah. I think I think the nature of the beast as a to be a fighter is a certain breed it's you know it's a certain you know it's a, it's not a, it's not an everyman sport and i think it's a certain kind of breed and i think a lot of us do extremism extreme all in all out you know and i think it's can be unhealthy it can be great when you're all in for training but it can be very unhealthy when you're all out for for for, for doing the other stuff so but again yeah. i do think it's part of who we are we don't do things in small measures you know <laughs> did you ever find yourself in a fight, Robbie, where you cut corners a little bit and you felt like you re did you regret it at any point in a, in a championship? I, I'll fight? tell you, I'll tell you one story, Ben, and this is what made my made my mind up every time I go in our ring. I'm going to be hundred percent. My my brother got married on a Saturday, so <laughs> I, I I had a few beers, a bit more than I should have drunk, and I boxed him for four on a Tuesday and pinched a decision off him up in your call. But, you know, I was still hungover, to be honest with him. That was the first fight, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah. First and I, I said, that's the last time I'm going to ring unless I'm 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. That made my mind up for me. So let me ask you, Robbie, um, in terms of earlier, you mentioned brain scan. Uh, do you do you have any physical repercussions from boxing? Are you experiencing any things like that? Um, no, not really. Um, I feel, I mean, I feel the brain scan on, they found some scar tissue, um, mm. which was actually there a year previous. At, and boop, I didn't pick that up. So yeah. I, I, I passed the brain scan a year before with the same thing wrong with my brain, and I, I won a world title like that. Wow. And Robbie, why, why, when they saw the scarring on the brain, what was the explanation, or what was the, what was the, what did they say why you had to retire? Did they give you a specific why? They didn't give me a specific. I, I, I went for a second opinion straight away, and on the same day, I filled the brain scan up to London, went up to Harley Street, and, and, uh, I think it was like four or five doctors study this, uh, study your, uh, your scan. And I think it was like three doctors said I could box and two said I couldn't. But even if one said you couldn't, that's the end of it. That's, it's all yeah, over there. Yeah. So, so, Robbie, so give me the background then because I don't understand. So you you, you retired from boxing early on the words he, of... Yeah, so he won, he won the WBO Bantamweight World Championship. Then he had to retire afterwards. Yeah, he had uh, straight after that. Um, when I won the title, I suffered. I had um glandular fever. Um, Epstein Barr is called. Um, mm -hmm. it's a virus. Oh, and um, also Jonah Lumo had it. And I finished Jonah Lumo's career. So you can imagine how what it done to a little guy like me. It was, you know, you you don't actually feel ill, but you try and train or do anything. Mm -hmm. Like I go out. I do. No, I run fifteen mile, no problem. But when he had this virus, I run to the second lamppost. And I just couldn't couldn't run anymore. I I wasn't knackered, out of breath. I was just fatigued and and exhausted. If you understand, do you know how yeah. you got it? Not a clue. And I I like feel clue, bad right? for for such a long time. And I seen so many specialists, and they was all saying there's nothing wrong with me until about I don't know after I seen about the fifth doctor at uh, who specialised in foreign blood disorders. He found out exactly what was wrong with me. And it was like okay. Epstein Barr, glandular fever. Ah, so it's non communicable. It's non communicable what it was, right? You can't. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's no cure for that. It's just, just got to go on, on its own. That's all they, they advise you to is train up and all day and get in the hot weather. That's, that's the only advice I got. There's a, there's a certain amount of like training, like as you train. Does it then uh, become more? Prone? I knew when I, I was trying to train with it, and I knew it was something wrong with me, even though you know these doctors saying there's nothing wrong with me. But I was seeing punches coming sparring and not being able to go to wave them. And wow. I, I just thinking, and they, my trainer and someone was saying, Oh, you're world champion, I was a lot of pressure on you. You know, my, my wife was pregnant at the time, they said. They, they, they thought it was all in my head as well until it was actually proven. So I thought I was going off my rocker. But Robbie, I knew I was ill. I knew Robbie, I was to, educate, to educate me and, and, and the audience, is this something like cancer you develop it in your system or is it an external thing that you pick up? It's, uh, it's just a, a virus that you pick up. I, so you I, can I, pick I, it up I, I can't understand the ins and outs of it totally, God, to be honest with you. It's yeah. just something you do pick up. Wow. We've, we've, we've got like a question. It finished Jonah Lomar's career, so, you know, a big, strong bloke like I, you, you will understand how bad this virus is. Yeah. 
There's a question. It's it's not quite in tune with what we we're talking about. But Joe has asked, did you have a good night's sleep the night you slept in George Best's bed? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit sticky, but it was very hard to sleep. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> well, it, it must have been. It must have been a seminal experience. <laughs> he, he, he was a very good friend of mine, George. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I, I actually drunk with George. I had a pint with George. Um, he was doing a doing an event in Rwanda in here in Wales. Um, him, Rodney Marsh, and Dennis Law, and. I had spent the evening with him, and what a great, great fellow! What a, what a yeah, uh, I, uh, a I spent many years with him, and uh, I was on the King's Road once, and he was drinking a, a box fizz, to read the paper, and, and uh, two guys, two idiots, were trying to like, you know, pick yeah. a bull thing with yeah. George, and I went over and I sort of straightened it out, and uh, and then it, we sat and had a, a, a chat, I had a coffee, he was uh, drinking his box fizz. And then he invited me to Blondes. It was a it was a, a pub, a, a club. Yeah, it's like a little uh, wine bar on Dover yeah. Street. And below Blondes was a great gym. Believe it or not, he had an amazing gym, a, a sauna, steam room. He said you can join the gym. We became good mates. And over the years, and of course his son Callum. Yeah. And then when it, when it, he's a good friend of mine too. And uh, and then when I'm, and Callum lived in America with his mom Angie when they separated. Yeah. Uh, I got to know Angie very well. She was a personal trainer, great friends. I know, I know them all for for many, many, many years. Well, that's, that's some story I just got. I'm actually, I'm still friends because I, I went up to his house. Phil Hughes, who was George's manager or agent. Uh, I'm still, I'm still in contact with Phil now, and he's a great guy too. Yeah, George was a sweetheart, believe it or not. Oh. Of course, the alcohol never did him like any of us any good, but he was a very sweet, quiet man without it. You know. Saw, Are you familiar with the legacy? Michael of George Best, uh, the soccer player, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Georgie Best. I, I've, I obviously I know of his legend, but the I word of legend, yes. Yeah. There was always a big, big question: who was the best, Best or Pele? And uh, I know yeah. I got, a lot of well, people Pele, say Pele, but a, a lot of footballers say Best. You know, it's yeah. a very uh, open debate. But yeah. Pele yourself, Pele yourself to say Pele yourself the best. best. That's what George yeah. would always say. He said Pele said I was the greatest ever, and I wouldn't want to argue with him now, would I? I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what was incredible about George Best, and to this day it puts a lot of soccer players to shame. People would tackle George, they would foul him, and he would go down and get up and keep going. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. keep him down. Whereas now you touch him, they do like a they oh, get the yeah. off for the yeah. best best dive yeah. in the world. George, he would go down and get up, go down and get He was an animal. And so I wish the footballers today would take a, a leaf out of his book because he was one of these guys, you could foul him, he'd still keep going. You know, it was incredible the resilience that he had. That was uh, amazing to watch, which is you know, it's invisible in football today. So, so Robbie, um, may I ask, so you don't have any boxing ailments? Do you still work out at all? No, to be honest with you, I, I don't know my training. I, I, to be honest with you, the gym don't interest me no more. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, like so it. Nothing, I, go, I go for a sauna and I, yeah, I enjoy a sauna. <laughs> Outside uh, of boxing, Robbie, do you have do you have things that you like? like are you a fisherman or are you a, I know you live in uh, South Wales. I like, no, like a game of pool, but um, that's about it, really. So you like so most of your homebody and pool of a couple of pints. That's your le leisure time. Yeah, yeah. 
you, you know, it's, um, it's, it's some good teams, local teams around here, and I'm big friends with a lot of some, of, and you got some great players, you know. Uh, and in your boxing career, what was the, obviously it got cut short, before that happened, you won the WBO title, did, did you have your first defence lined up? And again, yeah, and yeah, actually, I had... I done press conferences for for for, for a couple of defenses against the same boy, but they had to keep pulling out because they because they had this bloody virus against Drew Doherty, um, yeah. and then my I'm the mandatory come around, and that's when I failed the brain scan. I mean, okay, Uli, I just done a press conference with him. He flew over from Colombia, and I failed the brain scan. And um, and fair play to Uli, you know, obviously he, he put he put a lot of lot of months training in to, for this fight and the first thing come out of his mouth was I just he just said I hope the government will look after Robbie because they would do in my country how, yeah. how frustrated were you when you were told you couldn't fight anymore oh, it, it just broke my heart and I, I lost the plot for a long time you know, what I, did that mean to your career and what, what did it mean to your life outside of boxing yeah, like I said, it it's 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 just your worst nightmare come true, and yeah. I just I I fell off the rails for a long time. I had to drink. I was like self medicating, yeah. you know, just drinking just to forget. Yeah. What yeah, was that's... what was the turning point, Robbie? How did you turn it around? Well, what point um, did you say enough is enough? Uh, I I got divorced. You know, it cost me my marriage. Um. And I, I just thought it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And you have kids as well at the time yeah. when you got divorced? Yeah. I got four children with my ex-wife and I got another two boys now. Wow. Did you get so help or did you say I'm dumb? Well, back in back in them days, you know, you, you there was no rehab for you. Um, I mean, today, oh thank God. God, it's changed and it is help out there for for. Sportsmen and what happened to me if it happens to them? There's there places and people who, who will help you. If you could do it over again, that exact point we're just discussing right now, what would you do different? Do you think there's anything you could have done different? Yeah, um, I if it was available, I'd have got myself some counselling or tried to find some help. That's right. I had to do for my own my own mentality yeah because as a man as boxers and as men it's very hard to like find somebody you can talk to or somebody that'll even listen yeah and and go and and it's not like we had psychotherapists in those days that you know that would kind of lend an ear to that it wasn't it wasn't fashionable and especially not as a fighter as well you're dealing with that um, you feel it affected your relationship with your children as well, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it did. It absolutely did. Um, like, I'm involved now. I'm one of the ambassadors for Ringside, Ringside Charitable Trust. Yeah. Um, we're helping Xboxers who've either been injured or just going through an hard time in life. So, yeah. you know, and they're doing a great job. And um, there was only one promoter who actually got behind Ringside. That's Ben Shalom, I think. Is that Shalom a boxer. Yeah. I, I believe Warren and Heard have yet to really back it or really. None of them. None, none, of the, none of these, none of the big time promoters have, have, they just ignore in Ringside. And it's absolutely, I think it's disgraceful because yeah. you know, a lot of these ex champions, ex pros are the reason why these, these promoters got wealthy bank accounts. 
and you know, and they just turn yeah. their backs on them. I think it's a disgrace. Yes, you're one hundred percent right. This is this is something that goes on in boxing. As soon as the boxers, the, their value, their worth is not the same, they absolutely just turn their back on them. They don't. They, they can't. Boxers have the hardest time. Like Bobby, once, yeah, Bobby, if you could, if you could tell uh, our audience a little bit about, I know you're trying to put together a house, right? With like a like a 40-bedroom yeah. house or something to house fighters who are in need with, with special care. And if you could tell them a little bit about this 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 organization, and hopefully Ben could put a link that if people do want to help or maybe we could put something on that people can can uh, donate or do something. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Yeah, they, um, what are you looking to do at the moment? They're trying to find um, a building where it can house maybe 36 30, plus of ex-fighters and champions who, who are in need and help um, with it, you know, not just health, but, you know, who just fall on very difficult times. Um, they got a page on Facebook for anybody who'd like to help out or donate whatever they can, you know, it'd be greatly appreciated, you know. Mm-hmm. And what is that Facebook page called? Um, it's Ringside Charitable Trust. Yeah, Ringside Charitable um, Trust. Charitable Trust. We go to it. I, I'm invited. They've invited me to a show now. Um, um, Dave Westgarth is promoting it up in Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, Dave so, Westgarth you know, was, yeah, we would also ra- we'd be raising money for ringside at, at this show. Um, I think Ben Shalom have added up a pound on each show he puts on on the ticket so that we'll go to yeah. ringside. Yeah. And it, it would be nice to see you know that these other promoters follow suit. Yeah. Can I can I can I ask you, Robbie? What's a better name, uh, Ben Shalom, or uh, Ben will tell you. Ben, did I pronounce it right? Sorry, B B E N, right? Ben Shalom. Yeah, ben Shalom. I think or, I pronounced it right. Or Ben Dowdy. Which one? Which one's the better name? What you? What the sound of it? Yeah, yeah. Which one? <laughs> which one makes you feel better when you hear Ben Ben Shalom or Ben Dowdy? And his question. <laughs> I don't understand your question, sir. He's it's just a, being... Yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> it's a, And the Robbie's thinking, what am I supposed to do here? I'm on the show with Ben, so I'll be snubbing him <laughs> if I say Shalom. And if I, if I say Ben Doughty, I'm going to snub Ben Shalom, who's been really, you know, decent and charitable with our, you know... Yeah, <laughs> I like putting him in. in a, you know, fighters do good fighting off the ropes, and I've seen him fight off the ropes. He's great. Uh, so, so well, Michael, you, the fight that you liked, I showed you some of his fights, so you can yeah. get up to speak. Who our special guest was tonight, and you yes. looked at the Danny Porter fight, the, the fight that, uh, that Robbie won in three rounds, um, yeah, 90s, and you said, "Wow, that was impressive." You, that was yeah. the one fight. Particular performance you're impressed with, I know. Yeah, I really like that. And one of the things I liked about it, Robbie, which a lot of fighters like today's styles really change. It's like you came in with a bounce, like a natural bounce, and you're bouncing you yeah. in and out. You're working your legs, your brain's working, your hands are moving simultaneously. Have you seen? Have you noticed that trend? Like fighters have sort of gotten away from that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, with the Danny Porter fight, um, they just thought I was going to just box him and stay away from him. But I went, as soon as the bell went, I went straight at him. And that, because Danny Porter said, you know, this fight will be over in three rounds. You know, he mm. came up to the crowd and he was showing him three fingers for three rounds. Well, he had, he had the round, right? Just the wrong corner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is sweet. Who of today's fighters 
uh, are you big on? Um, uh, I like bed weave, if I pronounce yeah. it right. Uh, Bevol, outstanding champion. You know, there's there's some some great fighters in today. But, but and the, I, I don't, you know, this but the heavyweight division to me is is come a bit of a farce at the minute. To be honest with him, well, you know, that's what exactly what I say. I try to convince Ben of that all the time. But the thing yeah. is, you don't have it. So, all right. Since since um, you want to drive that one, you don't have any opposition for me on that. You don't have any opposition for me. The the heavyweight division. Since when have I ask anybody who knows me and and the brand I've established on social media for the last fifteen years? Since when no. have I ever stood up for heavyweight? Um, you know, the heavyweight. Not, I've always gotten the impression that um, you and the uh, the big guy Tyson Fury. Fury. I think you've got yeah. to give. Props that, that he's that he's he, he's a winner and that he finds a way to win. And yeah, he finds a way to win, but he's fi- but parts. I believe he's finding a way to win over guys that aren't very, you know. I think I, that the Engano. I got to agree with Michael on that. I'll agree with Michael on that. I think the Engano fight has hurt his credibility a little bit, but I, I think anyone can have a bad night. So I'm yeah. not. I, I think Tyson Fury, honestly, as much as you may say, Michael, I think he gives any heavyweight of any era. <laughs> problems um i really do i'm a friend of lennox lewis for since i'm a kid since i'm a young boxer trained together like i i've only seen joshua uh, fight Usyk, but i couldn't imagine what lennox would do to Usyk. um that would not be a close fight Uh, i I don't think lennox i don't think lennox and tyson fury would be a competitive fight at all i don't i just think me. The way Lennox Lewis can let go of his hands, if he, I mean, he throws complex combinations, he and he throws them with power and accuracy, and and he he has the defensive uh, the defensive attributes that you're looking for. I mean, and he, and he does. I don't think he would get hit with. I don't, Fury just doesn't seem to have that same snap in that in that. Um, it's hard to say exactly what is that dexterity, that ability to throw in combination. He'll throw one at a time, and he'll you know get, do a lot of shucking and jiving. He's like smoking mirrors, you know what I mean? And, I and mean, it's almost you know, like it's almost like he think. gets over on the fact that he hears. Oh, look at it like this. His opponent says, "Okay, I know right hands hurt. Not necessarily his right hand is going to hurt, but he knows that right hand." So when you when you when he fakes. They go for the fake because they've been hit by other people before. There are fighters like when you get guys like Lennox Lewis and 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 Evander Holyfield and Tyson and whatever. They're like, you have to prove that to me. You have to prove it to me that you hit like that. I'm not believing all these other guys that have done it. I need to believe you can do it to me. So you're going in there with a in a fight with them, like everything. It's a clean slate, and you have to prove to them that you hit hard, and that you're consistent, and that you can take it. Uh, they're not giving it to you. Like today, the fighters, they give it to you. They say, okay, you must hit hard, because you're seven foot, and you're... I mean, what's very sad, what's very sad is this. I mean, the, the, this is the old statement that we all say, styles make fights, and nothing can be more true when you look at... Um, if you look at Joseph Parker, who... I'm a massive fan to believe in. I think he's the most improved heavyweight of most of them. And people think he's, you know, every time he's had a big test, he's lost. But I think he's got better and better. Um, but his, his relative easy fight against Wilder, and then you look at Fury's wars with Wilder, 
that says uh, doesn't make sense that he beats him in such an easy fashion and 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 Fury truly struggled with Wilder. But mm-hmm. second time he didn't actually. He walked through him the second time, but the yeah. other two were wars. Yeah, but it, it just shows like when you think of you know people's opinion of Parker uh, were not uh, that great, but he did mm-hmm. an incredibly probably a better easier job than Fury. Um, did yes. Fury end Wilder's career? Possibly. Maybe. Did he take everything out of him? Possibly. But uh, it just shows that that. Oh, and it, what's sad for me though, which and it bothers me, is that you know Fury can have a look. He was a legend, and he's the greatest. And then he has a silly fight with Ngannou that, and now everyone's down on him. Um, Michael is, wasn't he, up on him before. To be fair, I'm sure. But <laughs> you are seemingly you. your last fight, and I, I think that's sad. I think um, you can't negate. Some of the great victories he's had, and uh, but again, it's it's your last fight, marks you as one of the few professions that <coughs> you have one or two losses, and it and people look want you to retire, you know. I think that's why they got the AJ now fighting them because I think that uh, what they think that um, AJ is going to do a far better job on him, so it'll yeah. be a fair in AJ's cup, yeah. yeah. It builds the narrative that they want to build for yes. assuming that, uh. Fury v. Tusik, let's say, um, would be the best result for that narrative. And then they can put Fury Joshua on and they've they've reignited the interest in that fight then. And Usyk definitely has the best skills in the division, if they're, if that's a thing. I, I think so. He yeah. The best yeah. skills. He does. does. All-round ability, I think Usyk is far better than no more. Yes. I, I did. I tell you what, I, I questioned his balls in, uh, in the uh, Daniel Dubois fight. Mm. He showed a lot of clean. I was I was so up on him. I loved his. But he character. didn't get hit in the and balls, though. It reminded me of the Mad Irishman in Braveheart. You know, Ireland. It's my <laughs> and then when I saw him rolling round, and then there wasn't only that. Like four or five times, he complained about low blows to the ref. Like yeah. I got hit in the balls so many times, and I never complained in my life. Yeah. Um, he yeah. constantly was complaining. I, I don't like. Fighters who complain about anything, you know. It's, um, yeah. I just saw some things I didn't like, and um, I hear that. I think it revealed some frailties, perhaps in Usyk. So you, you, you yeah. don't think you don't think he was as hurt as much as he made out then when he went down. Well, no, I think I think the the definitive punch that, that that when he went down, if it was low, if it was, it certainly wasn't in the balls. But what bothered me was before that there were four or five occasions he was complaining. He was a little uncomfortable with Dubois for yeah. a while. Dubois held his own somewhat for some for until the knockdown, and then he seemed to Dubois seemed to just deflate when he when Usyk got up after four minutes, whatever the fight went on. Dubois thought, "I've won it now, I've lost it." And then he just kind of quit for me. And uh, but before that, with the adrenaline, with the hype, he, he put up a great fight. And in that process, Usyk was not comfortable for a while, and in the discomfort, he complained a lot. And I didn't like that. It, you know, it's like, I don't like fighters who complain. So for me, it was, and I was so big on Usyk. I thought, Demystified, why do you keep yeah. complaining? Why do you keep, just fucking fight? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think Daniel came out to that fight, you know, um, with a lot more positives and negatives, to be honest with him. Yeah, I think he just got his heart broke when he all of a sudden he thought he had it won, it didn't win. And then I, th- I think his brain isn't that as fast as it should be. And I think he was trying to process what was going on. And why he was trying to process... What was going on? He got the fight taken away from him. But but Dubois yeah. rebounded well against Baby Miller. 
on the on the uh, supercar. Well, it was amazing. But again, you get he's one of these guys. You wind him up, put him in a straight line, and tell yeah. him to do it, and he does it. When yeah. you get um, when things get complicated, he seems to he can't figure out himself. Can't figure do, out. Do you know what Martin Bowers is trying to say? His former trainer, Martin. He cannot ad lib. Second, what? He cannot ad lib. He can't think yeah, on his feet. Exactly. Yeah. So, but do you know what Martin Bowers said? He was talking about you said about you wind him up and put him in the direction. He said even if it was his nan in the other corner and you told him to go and get her, he would do it. Yeah. That's what yeah. he said. So that kind of mirrors. Yeah. What he, he, has an, he has like a childlike innocence, and and I think and he and he, <clears throat> if he loves his straight, they'll tell him. But once it gets the plan changes, I think he doesn't adjust well. Yeah. He runs out of ideas. Yeah. I'm sorry. He runs out of ideas. Yeah, yeah, when it's yeah. not going the way he thought it was going to go, or he goes off track, he doesn't add it well. And I think I think um, Usyk took advantage of that and the the fight's history. But uh, with the Baby Miller thing, there was no real change in the fight. It was what it was, and he stuck to the plan, and he was victorious. Yeah, well, I said, man, you know, you got you got your A plan, and then if that's not working, you got to go to Plan B or Plan C. So, but, Robbie, you know, Robbie, may I ask you? Did you have a ritual going to going into a fight, and did you have to set um, like a mental attitude going into the fight, or do you just have that natural bellicosity kind of thing like that warrior spirit, or did you? Have yeah, to yeah, you know, I, I just take each fight as it comes. Um, you know, uh, obviously, when you're fighting for world titles, is is added pressure, but you know, I I just stuck to whatever I done before fights and. So, so mentally, like you, do you have that kind of like animosity that runs in you that fighters need to win? Do you, or did you have to like? Is there something you had to do to, in order to turn that on? Well, obviously, you know, you you go in there to win, and, and if you win in quick style, you know, you aren't going to do the overtime. But you know, like like ninety nine percent fighters, you don't go in our ring to wanting to hurt someone bad, you know. But you want to so win. So, do you have like a, like a short? Do you have a short fuse? In life, basically, do you do you anger no. easily? Do you anything like that? No. Nah, I got. I let everything go over my head. To be honest with you, <laughs> Robbie, let me ask you something. It, prior to your career being ended due to scar tissue being found on the brain, right? Yeah. Did Did you, throughout your career, get were the times you felt you were hurt or damaged? Did uh, Did you ever feel like you took Punishment over the years? Nah, never. You know, um, and you know, I, I never took that much punishment. To be honest with you, you know, even sparring. You know, um, any concussions like, over the years? Nah, nothing like that. The, the biggest thing that hit me was our virus. The was, virus is the worst thing, yeah. But the scar tissue was nothing you was aware of. No, no, I didn't know nothing about it at all. And like I said, I won the world title with that. With that with the same problems on my on my brain the year before and I won the world title Carly and I. So in essence you think it wasn't the scar tissue that retired it was the brain it was the virus, right? Yeah, I absolutely two hundred percent the virus finished me. So so it wasn't like maybe headers, you played a lot of soccer? No, no. And uh you know even even today I just think am I I am I still carrying a bit of that virus, even though it's twenty odd years ago. Yeah. Sometimes you feel down, and I think, in I don't know, you just it's 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 mind blowing. Yeah. And have you have you educated yourself on this virus now? Do you know a lot about uh, it? 
And I don't, I haven't looked deep into it. I mean, when my founder they had it, my 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 uh, specialist was in contact with Lumo specialist to get ideas out to cure it or out to get rid of it as quickly as possible. But there's, there's no cure for it. It's just going to leave on its own. So interesting. Then, what, so what's, what's the, the hardest? Do you remember the, what's the hardest you've been hit? Um, the hardest without the doubt by Al, was by Alberto Jimenez. He's a phenomenal puncher. Yeah, and, you, and what happened in that fight? Well, I didn't go down. I got pulled out in the ninth round, and uh, the first five rounds. I mean, I had two operations on my arm before the fight, so I couldn't spar. Then I I had to pull out. So for him to wait, he wanted ten grand out of my purse money for him to wait. So mm. the, the fight come around then, and then he pulled out. But I said, that's all right. I play and giving him my ten grand now, if oh. if because I got to wait for him. And then that was all agreed. And then come come the day of the fight, they were still taking our ten grand off me, and I found out on the day of the fight. And that is not the preparation you want going into a world title fight. As sure. the first time I didn't want to be in the ring, my head was a mess. Yeah. yeah, and and but then did he hit you with something that it, and it hurt? Did you get hurt? He, he was a he was a massive puncher in any case, but um, you know, he was very clever. Um, he he could sidestep and unload, and then he he to the body, and you yeah. would turn, and when you turn, all your muscles relax, and he did the wow. one underneath again. So he, he's very clever, like that. And I learned I learned a lot of that. Like, and did you did you have you been knocked down? No, I, I'm the only Welsh world champion who never hit the canvas. Yeah, wow. That's and Robbie, every other Welsh world champion hit the canvas. <laughs> Robbie, just, just, for, just for us and the public, 10 grand's a lot of money. In them days, world title, yeah. what was the kind of purse for that kind of fight? Well, I was, I was a quarter of my purse. Yeah, there you go, 40 grand. 40 grand, see? It's a big, big hit going in. It's, yeah. it's 25%, isn't it? Go yeah, on. no, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what we mentioned. And I, I don't I don't believe I don't believe that uh Albert Jimenez demanded. I think I think uh I Someone think I, I think he just wanted to take our ten ground and keep it. Fun well that ground. happens a lot, doesn't it, Robbie? And you yeah. can talk about this too, Gary, and no doubt the silk's got his stories. There was no there was no evidence. There was no evidence or a new contract that he wanted this ten grand. Yeah. Have you got your finger in the camera? You've got your finger in the camera. Oh, mate. sorry, sorry. Yeah, let's, keep, <laughs> let's keep this. There we go. There you go. Yeah, uh, no, Ben. No, ben, he was talking. just making a point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people don't realise it, and it's a massive thing, and it goes on today. It's gone on since the beginning of time. Is that the the politics and the business side of boxing people is so, steal is so corrupt, and the, and the poor the people who yeah. suffer are the, are the guys. Like, who, Job. Like There's together, no world when you go to work, someone else makes more money. money together, money. rematch with um Francis Ambufo in it back in Cardiff. I had to take peanuts for that fight, right? Yeah. Um, but the fight was always coming to Cardiff in any case because Barry, you know, that, that was going to be the biggest sellout crowd, so our fight was always coming to Cardiff. But they yeah. used that against me not to pay me as much as I could have should have got paid. Yeah, and the th that was the the second fight where you got the cut because of the headbutt, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, Ali was asking that question several comments back. He said, "I'm trying to remember which fight Robbie had where there was a headbutt and the fight was stopped as a result of it." There it is. See, trying well, he to remember. Me, he, he butted me five times, and uh, the referee and Mickey Van he put in his his autobiography. Um, I remember refereeing Robbie and Francis. He said, uh, "I'm glad Francis won because he's a nice boy." 
He said, but I suppose in the cold light of day, I suppose it was our Sean Regan. Well, yeah. you know, to me, that's him. It didn't he rob me. He should have chucked him out. He five times he butted me five times in a round. I get the impression because I interviewed Francis Empo for once uh, on Facebook Live just after I interviewed you the first yeah, time, yeah. and I get the impression there's a bit of a bit of a resentment there. He's not he's not your favourite person. I get the impression. No, um, I I. It's a, it's a long time ago, you know. I don't know grudges, you know. Um, I, I I went on to achieve my dreams, so I got no grudges. Yeah, and you're both great guys as well. Thank you, Ben. So, Robbie, I have a I have a question for you. If you could take yourself back to any moment in your boxing career, would you go back to the time when? Would you go back to the best time when it was when it was great, or would you go back to a bad time? And correct it. I would go back to the times I made decisions and I would change the decisions, you know, on certain things. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. So you, so you go, yeah. So you go back to a more difficult time and correct yeah. it rather than yeah. go back to a good time and enjoy it. Yeah. Make different decisions. I wouldn't have, you know, certain things I wouldn't have done and I would have changed that. Do you have any examples of any of those decisions? Um, yeah, I'm giving up my European title to fight um, Jeb Wendlala in the summer yeah. in Wales for the world title. And then three weeks before the fight, um, it was changed to South Africa. And I was getting the same money. I said, you know, stick South Africa. I said, I'll wait for the mandatory challenge, you know, the mandatory uh, date to come along. So I was number one contender. Yeah. And then I beat that guy, um, Adrian Ochoa, who was Argentinian champion at the time. And beating him, I got dropped from number one to number two. Wow. It's, there's no logic or rhyme or reason to the sanction. Not in boxing, no. Logic doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, I, the contract they had then with Barry and would stand up in any court and somehow the contract went missing. Wow. I have the same issue with the same people. Yeah. yeah. I never got paid for the Eubanks fight and I asked, uh, I sent an email, can you send me a invoice just showing where the money went and who you paid? And they said it was too long ago. We, we no longer got the records on. Uh, and you know, Michael, there was a there's an interview with Gary, a big feature in Boxing News, the you know the very prestigious British boxing trade paper uh, in this country, and yeah. they've got this whole expensive interview with Gary. But Gary doesn't remember doing an interview, and he's never heard of the writer. And Never. What, we think, what we think has happened is they took our podcast when we first did one with Gary and they've just transcripted that rather artfully and put it in Boxing News. That's the way it looks anyway. Yes, yeah, I don't surprise me. I don't surprise me at all. And then a huge feature inside and someone called me and said, I, I, I said, I don't recall doing like that. You, you would know if you've done an interview with someone, wouldn't you? You would know. Well, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just had this movie that's just been re-released after 20 years. So I had some interviews, but it was all about a movie, Dead Man's Shoes, which... Which I did many interviews, but yeah, boxing news is uh, new for me. Took you by surprise, didn't it? A little bit, yeah. And it's well, very much boxing news is a, is an esteemed. Uh... Yeah, and they pull pictures off uh, Facebook of, of current pictures off of of yeah, yeah. So it's not like they took and did a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah. What, what a little bit of a foot, Michael. Yeah, well, sorry. I some, no recollection, but I, I don't. I don't That's know. possible. That is possible. I, possibly, <laughs> but not not likely. But uh, yeah, it was a surprise on this week's uh, Boxing News. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, it's a very positive article, so I'm very yeah, grateful. It's um, all good. They just said, why are you partnered up with Michael Larger today? And I said, he has bad sound on his film. He, he always late. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. We talked about yeah. box tick. It's like an ethnic inclusion I, thing. I, I said, I have to give some back, so I, I have to... Yeah, be with Mike. No, I adore Michael. Elijah. That's my. Uh, the, piece that and the adoration this. is mutual. That's for sure. No, yeah. really, I think yeah, I loved you as a boxer. I really did. It came up on my Facebook the other day, a memory from about ten years ago, and I put a picture of Michael. And the question was to my audience, "Who was your favourite fighter who never won a world title?" So I must have been saying it was him back then, ten years ago. Oh man! Wow. That's, that's when we didn't know each other. There was many of us, yeah. The ninth round against Tommy Hearn should have won five world titles. Uh, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> look at the draw. Is yeah. it my birthday? This is about Robbie. Robbie, I wanted to ask you. You had a 33% KO percentage, right? Yeah, yeah. But it seems to me, when I look at you, you are a much better puncher than that. What was that uh, about? I felt I had more power when I went up in weight. I went up to bantamweight. I should have gone up two years before, at least two years before. I was, it was killing me making flyweight. I mean, I dry out two pounds overnight to make the weight, but I, I still had to do that when I went up to bantamweight. So you could imagine how much that was yeah. killing me making flyweight. You know what yeah. I think? Is I think that what's under, under talked about in the game is that I think the weight is a bigger killer than the punching. I think that obviously brain damage is an issue, yeah. but with football, but when we get down a weight and we get depleted and our immune gets dropped and we're, we're literally walking, dead man walking. I think that's yeah. when you pick up viruses. That's when you pick up things that you would normally. I, I, I got to agree with that guy. I totally agree with that, my yeah. friend. And I think it's, they got the way in now the day before the fight. And I yeah. think that's make getting fight as to think they can make weights so that they, they can't cannot make in reality. Did you hear about Devin Haney, Robbie? Uh, when he uh, supposedly he weighs in at one forty for his most yeah. recent voting against Regis Progre, and he was in the ring at one six five. Yeah, um, so he's a super middleweight in that ring, man. It's unbelievable, oh, isn't it? <laughs> unbelievable. Twenty five pounds. Game. Wow. You know, I I put on maybe four four five pounds most. After, after the weigh-in, that's tops. But for him oh. to put all that weight on back on, that's, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. Do you think there should be same-day weigh-ins, Robbie? Or do you think yeah, absolutely. The way they do it now? Yeah, I, I believe there should be the same-day weigh-in as the fight. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Most fighters don't agree with that, do they? So most fighters... But, so, so, like I said, it's, it's getting fighters to make... To, you know, they think they can make weights that they can't really make because they've got that 24 hours to put the fluids back in them. But... I, I, I think it's more damaging, to be honest with you. Do you think that same day weighing as the fight would stop people cutting so much, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. on that one, Silk? Are you, are you, are you saying you, it would be better, the lesser of two evils, to go back to the old practice? Oh, I've always been that way. The yeah. weighing should be the day of the fight. Absolutely. Because some fighters, you know, Silk, some fighters, even like Montel Griffith's level, they go, no, it's too dangerous. Same day. But it's only dangerous if you're not being true about it and being genuine. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And and they're giving them 24 hours purposely so they can put that weight back on. 
Yeah. It's not fair to the fighter that really is a middleweight, let's just say. It's 160, and the guy's coming down from 175 to make 160, you know, and he can do it and then replenish all his fluids with, you know. Tomorrow. I mean, boxing was established like this. You get even before what we did today, which is weighing in the morning and then the fight in the evening, it used to be you weigh in, then you directly fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember amateurs were like that too. You'd weigh in, and then like an hour or two later, whatever it was, you get in the ring and you fight. That was your weight division. And that's the sad thing is, is, is the un uneducated, uneducated minds of boxers who think they can replenish. They say the body replenishes to a degree, but the brain 60 hours yeah. before mm. it starts to get the fluid again. So mm -hmm. the body may be rehydrated, but the brain's dry, and that's where the damage starts to occur yeah. because the brain doesn't work in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to happen. There's a lot of damage that gets done uh, that people don't have a clue about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ben? Yeah, I think we're on that verge of that time. Um just to recap, that Robbie Regan picked Better Beer, as did myself and Michael Sokolaj today. It's only Gary who's rolling with Smith. You like the underdog, you like the upset. Uh, you like it's an educated, educated uh, risk for me. But uh, Robbie, it's been <laughs> always a pleasure to have an audience with you again, sir. Uh, um, can I just give a mention, Ben? Um, we we buried a friend of mine yesterday. I'm a former. He was a former amateur judge and referee, um, a boxing man, Chris Turley, and a great friend of mine. So I like to dedicate tonight's show to him. Um, a lot of the boxing fraternity turned up for him yesterday. There was four world champions there, myself, um, Nathan Cleverley, Gavin Reese, and Lee Selby. Um, yeah. was there, showed their respect. So, you know, a sober, respected man and a great guy, and he will be greatly missed, Mr. Chris Turley. Uh, thoughts and condolences go out to his loved ones and uh, I don't doubt he was a fantastic boxing man but Robbie thank, thank you so much for giving us this thank audience thank, thank you guys it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you all I'm going to watch I'm going to go off here and I'm going to watch Dead Man Shoes yeah, Robbie, <laughs> I'm going to post on my Facebook and, uh, and again I say to the audience that's watching to to check out the your oh, page, your page, you know, to check out the page and and um, insight, yeah, to support what you're doing because it's a it's an incredible thing that 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 should have been done a long time ago and still even the big boys are not catching on. Yeah, got to people to to help these fighters who have lined so uh, many people's pockets. God, so. that's amazing. Thank you, my friend. Well, thank you for your service, Robbie. Thank you for your service. Yeah, it's great speaking to you. Thank you, guys. Oh, Listen. Thank you for those of you who tuned yep. in live and um, oh. who supporting the channel. Hopefully we catch up soon. Absolutely. Maybe at one of the boxing shows, yeah? Absolutely, sir. Okay. okay. We look forward to it. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Sunday night to see who got it right and who got it wrong. But Ben, you need, to, you need to give us the records. You're signing off without what's... What's Honestly, seriously, don't do this. I'll wrap it up. We'll do it on Sunday. I, I can't even remember right now. I haven't gotten written in front of you. <laughs> there is there is an art to this broadcasting thing, and he doesn't he hasn't got it. <laughs> um, see, I can't do anything slick with the silk in the house. He was really doing a nice cloth in there. Yeah, you understand that. He just 
It's like he is like the truculent teenager in class, talented, <laughs> intelligent, but an underachiever who oh. wears his blazer deliberately askew. And oh, it's like, ben, there's something, there's something else I want you to And he just sits mention. there looking at the wall. No, I don't know what truculent means, but if it's good, I'm there. Yeah, and then look at look what he's achieved now. Look at the end of his Guys, we still think, as chaotic as it is, we still think it's the best boxing podcast in the world. Ben, can I just give a mention that I am doing nights throughout Wales now. Um, and uh, next night, uh, an evening with me is in the box, boxing historical town of Merthyr, Merthyr Football Club on February the twenty third. So it's yeah. always great, always great going to Merthyr with uh boxing history. You know the greats Howard Winston, Ken Buchanan who trained out of, out of Merthyr, wow. um, right. uh, Johnny Owen, and wow. you know yeah. Eddie Thomas. So that's the 23rd of February is my next an evening with me for anybody who'd like to join us at Merthyr Football Club. Because um, I want to go to Merthyr. I've never been. Come on down, Ben. It'd be oh, great right. to have you as a guest. Thank you. All right, let, we'll look to that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll inbox you. Thanks, right, Robbie. Thank you. On that note, Ben will just close the show. Michael, allow it. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, look at what Come you would have missed. Look at what you would have missed if I what you would have missed if I wouldn't have, you know, so rudely interrupted. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.